Hi, I'm Jonathan. And I'm Jeremy. And welcome to Inside Quotes, the show where my brother and I discuss our favorite childhood movies. This is gonna be fun. We can stay up late, swapping manly stories, and in the morning, I'm making waffles. Since we were kids, we've been obsessed with movies and have found ourselves always speaking to each other in movie quotes. To the point that we formed many inside jokes, or as we like to call them, Inside, inside quotes. quotes. That was bloody brilliant. Each episode, my brother and I will be taking turns picking a movie to rewatch, review, and relive the magic of our childhood. Mm. I know some of these words. We hope you'll join us for the ride, and maybe we'll make a few inside quotes of our own. Enjoy the show! And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. Hey, hey, you guys, listen up. C- can they hear me? Uh, I don't know. Hey, hey, you guys, maybe say it a little bit louder? How loud? Like, you want me to yell it? Pretty much. All right, I'll try it. <gasps> hey, you guys! Hello and welcome back to Inside Quotes Chapter, uh, <laughs> Chapter Chapter One. I mean, the boy who lived. I mean, episode. I don't remember what chapter two was. <laughs> I don't care. Let's keep that. I mean, episode eighteen. This yes. is eighteen, right? Yeah. yeah. This is not chapter eighteen. We are not writing a book. No, as of yet, at least. But yeah, welcome back to episode eighteen of Inside Quotes. I'm your host, Jeremy. And with me, as always, is my older brother, Jonathan. Welcome back to the show. Quack, quack, everybody. <laughs> Jonathan, you know you know, we ended Mighty Ducks last week, right? Never. <laughs> Duck Nation lives forever. Duck Nation. <laughs> you know, I, had, I thought it would be kind of funny if like every, every episode we do, whatever movie we're covering, what if we just like made it sound like it was an exclusive podcast for that movie? <laughs> It's like, it's like, it's like, oh, the duck movies were all like, oh, it's a Mighty Ducks podcast. And we like address the show that way. Or like, we don't have like a certain name. Like, it's like every episode. (laughs) Yeah, we don't have a set name. It's just like, (laughs) like this episode, it'll be just like, what's up, goon heads? Welcome back to the the Goonies show. What up, goonsters? (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty sure Goonies is already a name for a group of people. I like that idea. Let's keep doing that. I don't know. What up, my fellow goonsters? Goonsters. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, obviously, we picked the Goonies this week. That's right. So what made you choose this movie? So, yeah, this week we uh, were watching the Goonies, and this is one that we've watched a ton of times. Insert your classic quote here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And if I haven't said this already in the past, this movie right here, the Goonies, dear listener is a staple of our childhood and when i say staple of our childhood i mean this is a staple of our childhood we grew up on this movie and we stapled this movie to our hearts and it lives there ever since forevermore yeah i remember the first time i saw this movie we were at our uncle eldon's house and it came on I on cable or something we were watching it and I remember watching like the first 
maybe 20, 30 minutes of it. And I had never seen it before, but it was a movie that we, we did own kind of, we had like a recorded version on tape kind of. and I knew we had it in the collection, but I'd never seen it. And I had no idea what it was about, but we watched like the first like 20 or 30 minutes of it. And then we had to go and I was like, Oh, well, right before it gets really good i mean like the, the beginning of the movie is so good i don't know and i was just like hooked. oh yeah and i was like i've got to finish this movie so when we got home i dug through our vhs tape collection <laughs> recorded over and tv <laughs> specifically we used to have a lot of tapes that were would have like several movies recorded on the vhs tapes that were either recorded off tv or hbo or something and we had an entire cabinet full of them. I'm yeah. sure everybody did. That, that we just recorded off the TV. Specifically a lot of our 80s movies, I think. And, and the Wonder Years, watching those 90s commercials. You're like, Where, where's the tape with the two random ALF episodes on it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before like the DVD started being released on, on seasons. Oh, I forgot about that. One of them was the one with the blue dress. Yeah, we had a Wonder Years tape, and I remember that had like five or six episodes on it. But then that was like all we had ever seen until it like came out on yeah. streaming or DVD or something. Yeah, that Alf episode is iconic. Yeah. The one where he's wearing the blue dress. It's the one where the, the family goes out and uh, Miss Hawkmonic comes over and like watches the house. <laughs> yeah. And Alf has to like hide in the room. And she's like watching Psycho in the other room. I remember the line where it's like, he's like stuck in the room and he, he like eats a puzzle. And he's like, the thing I learned about puzzles is they're like Chinese food. An hour later, you're hungry again. <laughs> I forgot. Alf is the best show from the 80s. Oh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, we had a ton of these tapes. And we'd, I remember several movies that we had on, on these tapes. And we'd have to like dig through the cabinet and try and figure out which tape has Back to the Future on it. I remember we had Temple of Doom and Gremlins on a tape. Yeah, together. That was a classic tape. I'm trying to just remember the pairings, like the the movies that came on, like each one. I remember there being some like Roger Moore Bond movies that we had um, that we didn't really watch. Hey, fun fact: to this day, to this day, I've never seen one Bond film hmm. of any kind. I thought you had seen some of the newer ones. No, the only thing I have played was the N64. Pierce Brosnan. Goldeneye. Classic. Goldeneye. Yeah. That I was poor at. I was super bad. But you would always like make me play it because you were good at it and you could kill me on it. And I would just like hide (laughs) in that hidden closet or vent. (laughs) Uh, And you'd get me with a sniper or the the silencer. Yeah. That silencer sound triggers me. To this day, if I hear a silencer, I'm like, oh, crap, Jonathan's about to get me. <laughs> well, I was better than you, but Larry and Justin were better than me. So that's Dude, why I, I want to play like, you. <laughs> I, yeah, that makes sense. I was like six, though. Yeah. A fun thing you could do in that game is you could just do slappers only. <laughs> yeah, I remember playing slappers. That was funny. <laughs> and I'd still beat you. You'd still beat me. <laughs> but then I'd whip your butt in beetle racing. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I had a fair chance at that. I was pretty good at beetle racing, which is just like Mario Kart, but Volkswagen edition. <laughs> I wonder if you can, is that like, a, was that a popular game at all? Or was it just like, Arkham? no, it was not. I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure we're the only people on earth that played that game. It's very obscure adventure beetle racing for the Nintendo 64. <laughs> adventure racing. But it was so fun. 
Dude, once you got the cop car, dude, that's the fastest thing on the market. Yeah. So there's a cop car in that game that, look, that was like a Volkswagen Beetle, but like in, in a cop car form. It was so dumb looking. The cool thing was you could uh, you could turn on the uh, siren and like pull other yeah. racers over and then pass them. Yeah, they would like <laughs> slow down. That was the best. Oh my goodness, I need to play this now. They should re-release no. it like they did with Tony Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> Remastered. But yeah, I can't remember what else was on the Goonies tape with it. I know there was a couple other movies on that. We pretty much just remembered what was the highlight movie. <laughs> what was the main, much. the main attraction of that tape? Like, oh, and where's it, that? It, it, it was never the first movie or TV show on the tape. So you always no. had to fast forward yeah. to the first one. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I remember watching it the first time seeing pretty much up until they get to the restaurant i think and then that's where like i had to we had to leave and so yeah. i remember when when i got home you know digging out that tape and watching it for the first time and i don't know if you watched it with me the first time or whatnot but pretty I soon do. we were both watching it we watched it a lot <laughs> that was yeah this is a um rewatchable one for sure <laughs> i i don't think we have the tape i think we got rid of the tapes recently <laughs> We kind of went through everything that was like we've gotten the the DVDs of, and yeah. kind of paired out a lot of the VHS collection. But well, it kind of makes sense, you know, how, yeah. saying how it's twenty twenty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when I rewatched it, I always I always forget about how it like opens up at the jail cell. It's not like a big part of it, but it just kind of starts out and well, it starts out with a plot hole. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I feel like I noticed a few plot holes. And yep. we can talk about them maybe a little bit later. Some of them are, it seems like, are answered in the deleted scenes, interestingly enough. I've never seen said deleted scenes. I looked them up, but uh, but yeah, we can talk about some plot holes here. Oh, well, this... Okay, so that opening scene in the jail, mm-hmm. when he escapes and stuff. Uh, have you ever seen gasoline light with a bullet... <laughs> No, I've always believed that if you shot something like some gasoline, it would blow up. But I looked it up and it doesn't do that. Really? <laughs> yeah, no, you can't light. I mean, most like nine out of ten times, it's not going to work. And that huh. just looked like it was seamless. This movie Maybe, magic. I wonder if I wonder if Mythbusters did that. Oh, Mythbusters. Yeah, that, that was they, a great show. They did a an episode or two of like movie stuff. Yeah, you know movie scenes. I specifically remember the scene of like Indiana Jones jumping out of Club Obi One, <laughs> at the oh, and yeah. like falling through the different, uh, getting down to the street by bouncing off the like the tarps at the different levels and falling down to the yeah, street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They tested that with a dummy. I'm pretty sure it failed. Adam and Jamie spent a bunch of money on ballistics gel. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't lived until you've made like a human being out of ballistic gel. <laughs> yeah the movie starts out it kind of has more of like a serious tone almost because it's just like Mm -hmm. starts out in the jail and you see this you know it's like it's like an inmate is like hung themselves in the inmate in the in the jail cell you (laughs) schmuck (laughs) you really think i'd kill myself (laughs) but it pretty quickly turns into like a pretty like funny scene (laughs) and you know it's going to be like a more lighthearted movie because that guy's really serious, but his brother, the other Fratelli, is like, not at all. And then mm-hmm. the mom's just like, ah! 
<laughs> That's how I accurately explain the villains. <laughs> I, when I watch movies like this, I think of how movies were made differently back then. Because, <laughs> like, especially with, like, later on in the movie, when they're, like, trying to hide dead bodies, like, in the car and in the freezer and the restaurant. And, like, you yeah. have, like, kids, like, interacting with dead bodies. <laughs> like, Chunk is just, like, locked in the freezer with... It's like, ah, it's yeah. so stiff. <laughs> ah! I smell ice cream. <laughs> it's like... I just feel like you, you wouldn't see stuff like that in a movie cream? these days. I need to know. That's another plot hole. He's, a, he's got a super sniffer like Gus from Psych because I don't think I've ever smelled ice cream. And you, listener, you might be thinking you've smelled ice cream, but no, you've smelled the waffle cones in the ice cream shop. That's what uh, you're smelling. I was just going to say, ice cream shops have a distinct smell, but it's never the ice cream. Man, when I worked at Bush Gardens, I was, uh, I was one of those annoying photographers up front. I was just like, hey guys, how about a picture for the day? Come on. We'll, we'll only charge you 20 bucks for a single print. It's not yeah. a big deal. <laughs> Come on. I was that guy for a little bit. Uh, but our photo stand where we printed them out and stuff was right next door to, uh, what was it called? Sultan Sweets. Sultan Sweets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they'd pump out that, that waffle cone pecan smell. <clears throat> Yeah. Made me mad that I was clocked in every day. <laughs> this isn't about theme parks. This is about pirates and treasure and Yeah, okay, 80s. so let's talk about pirates for a little bit because like okay. I feel like society has placed pirates into pop culture. Wow, that's a lot of peas. To where like it's cool to like pirates as a boy. Like I had a pirate phase, I'll say it. Is that pretty much thanks to Johnny Depp and Pirates of the Caribbean. I think possibly, but it's also like Peter Pan. Because, like, I was. When did Pirates of the Caribbean come out? Like, 2002, 2003? In that area, yeah. I actually watched that 2004? last night. 2004? Da Vinci? 2005. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess it is just because of the movies, but I just remember, like, this kid had a. In kindergarten, had a Pirates themed birthday party in school, I was thinking. And I remember okay. I got this this pencil that had skull and crossbones on it, like a pirate Mm -hmm. flag. And I used that for the rest of the year. Like that was my pencil that I used. Like I was cool. That's a lot of commitment for a, for a kindergartner. That's just learning how to write. I broke a lot of lead on that thing. I sharpened that all the way to the eraser. Ooh, speaking of pencil sharpeners, I remember in first grade, there was this huge drum, huge dramatic debacle on who broke the pencil sharpener. This one kid in our class, I'm not going to name names, there's this one girl in my first grade class that I don't know if she was curious to see what would happen or she was just being stupid. And she put in a pencil backwards, like eraser first into the uh, into the pencil sharpener, and it jammed it because of the metal. <laughs> and I, do kids even know what pencils are? I think they only have mechanical pencils now. It's called a stylus. <laughs> oh wow! IPad. <laughs> I, oh my goodness! I didn't even think about that. What a time we're living in. Anyways, uh, it jammed it up. 
and it like pretty much exploded from what I remember. <laughs> it didn't, but um, we all went to recess. She didn't say anything, but then when we came back from recess, our teacher was like, all right, I'm going to sit here till somebody confesses. <laughs> and until then, no more recess for the rest of the week. Wow. I think we had like two recesses, so we didn't get to do our second recess that day or something. I don't know. But we were all really mad at whoever did it. And it took her like a whole day to fess up to it. <laughs> it's like an Arthur episode or something. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you know where Astoria is on the map? No, I do not. Okay, it's like the coast of Oregon. It looked like the Pacific Northwest. I was yeah. going to say that. I was going to guess Oregon or Washington, but mm-hmm. it just seemed like some like East Coast thing. Like Spanish, and they're talking about the British people, like the wars and stuff on One Night Willie. Well, that's that was my question. What what would a pirate be doing by Oregon, <laughs> like pirate ships? Stopping in at a coffee shop? I don't in, know. In what the seventeen hundreds <laughs> or whatever? Like sixteen thirty two. Sixteen thirty two. Just a copper pot. <laughs> yeah. I I think. Oregon was the only place that had banks at the time and he had nowhere else to put his $50 bill. Let's just go ahead and apologize for all the data quotes. (laughs) (laughs) Why do we have to apologize? That's spot on. I know. I can't wait to get to Temple of Doom too. (laughs) Dr. Jones. (laughs) Jonathan K. K Kwan or whatever his name is. Mm -hmm. He should have been in more movies. I just love him in Temple of Doom and The Goonies. He's great. Okay, so this, this this opening scene in the Goonies is like amazing. Mm-hmm. This opening montage it, it like shows different characters in the town that don't like ever get in contact with each other, but like yet they're all in the same town and like all their timelines are like intertwined. They're it's all beautiful. being connected by this police chase through town. The police chase, and then yeah, the Fratellis are going through. And then, like, you see Rosalita just shopping for groceries randomly. <laughs> and then, yeah, it, it's it's awesome. It, like, sets the premise for the entire movie. Yeah. In a it, weird way. It, it, it kind of gives you a brief taste of, like, these different characters, of what their mm-hmm. personality types are and that sort of thing. Like, with Andy, you see her, oh, she's a cheerleader and she's out on the football field or something as it, as it yeah. drives by. And you see Chunk at the arcade. <laughs> he smashes up his pizza his yogurt. and is like, <laughs> "Oh, it gets like, a shake. I think it's a milkshake." I yeah. always thought it was yogurt, <laughs> a yogurt cup. <laughs> Dude, why are you eating yogurt at the arcade? Wow, <laughs> um, a police chase! You see, you see mouth, and he's like, his dad's fixing the sink or something, and he's got the TV on. <laughs> he's like, "Turn that thing off! I can't even hear myself think." And he like goes and turns it off. But then the police like drive by his actual house in real life. And he like thinks the TV's still on, so he like smacks it. Oh, good, I love it. It's little moments like that. Even some of the shots I just noticed, like from the moment uh, the Fratelli brother like walks out of the jail cell and like hops in the car. Yeah, th- like the the style of the shots changes to like more of an action type thing. And there's a lot of like fast cutting and showing like little things. Whether it's like the gunshot to the gasoline, you know, to like the tire spinning. And I don't know. It's definitely like, I feel like this is the most cinematic of all the movies we've covered. The shots are there. Like who, who, who directed this movie? Uh, Richard Donner. 
Did Spielberg have anything to do with this movie? Uh, he's he is the executive producer, and uh, I think he wrote the story, but not the screenplay. Screenplay was uh, Chris Columbus. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Chris Columbus. Um, Richard yeah. Donner. He's he's done a lot. He directed the original Superman, which is why they had sloth with the Superman shirt. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's kind of a, a kind of a nod to him, and it even plays like the Superman theme briefly there that's what superman says too he's like hey you guys right yeah yeah that's what that's what christopher reeve said yeah (laughs) (laughs) but you got richard donner steven spielberg chris columbus who he's done a lot of good stuff he wrote he wrote gremlins before this and then i think that's what got him doing some stuff with steven spielberg and he he wrote this and then he went on to do home alone and the first two harry potters so Chris Columbus is a gem. He's had a big influence on our movie watching. That's for sure. <laughs> Except his daughter is freaking Susan Bones from Hufflepuff. What a loser. <laughs> See, she really? Yeah. <laughs> that was such a weird. <laughs> I didn't mean. <laughs> yeah. He, he casted his daughter as Susan Bones in, in Sorcerer's Stone. Ah. Susan Bones. <laughs> Oh, he also did Mrs. Doubtfire. Okay, I I can get behind that. Ooh, I don't know if this is good or not for you. He directed the first Percy Jackson movie. A lot of these movies have a lot of um, adventure tied to them. And I will say, like, Percy Jackson wasn't a good adaptation of the book Mm -hmm. at all by what, like, whatever means. But it was still entertaining. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, packed full of adventure. And what I was going to say about this is, like, not only is this such like an adventure fulfilling movie, it's more like visually it like visually captures like the thrilling adventure and it feels like you're there. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it more than that, but like it's just more than any other movie that we've covered so far. Yeah. Then when we've covered so far, uh, specifically the scene where Mikey's going down to the basement to go to the bathroom, but he's really mm-hmm. looking at the map and he hears sloth. The camera's sort of like tilted, but it's like, you can see Mikey staring into like the hallway slash tunnel yeah. thing, and the camera's tilted, and you can hear you can see a little light at the end of the tunnel, and you can hear like the yelling and the echoes, and it's just like, man, this is a thriller. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes it kind of seem kind of yeah. scary because he's hearing voices it, and stuff. He's hearing sloth in the it, back room. <laughs> it, this is low key like a kids horror movie, but not like nobody dies. It's like a thriller adventure. That's yeah. how I'm gonna. That's how I'm gonna put it. I used to be scared of it. I remember the first couple times I was like, "The Fratellis are gonna kill him." <laughs> Where I feel like, if anything, I was more scared of sloth. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, than the Fratellis. And then we loved him. It's a good guy. Not like Troy. <laughs> oh, we know Troy. He's such a cheap guy. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, we know Troy. <laughs> You okay. know Troy, my son. So, I I feel like I never put that together. Even though he says that at the end, that his hit, that Troy's dad was the one that was like gonna have them like kicked out of their house or whatever. I don't know. Okay, one thing I wanted to mention about this movie is, I mean, I guess it does a good job at it, but like the whole idea of the Goonies being like outcasts and things like that, kind of reject sort of like not f- really fitting in. They, mm-hmm. they don't really show that it's just kind of implied and they kind of well, reference like 
your perspective in the movie is mm-hmm. you're a part of the Goonies. Right. Because they, don't, they oh. don't have any establishing scenes of them like at school and not fitting in or going on like weird adventures. Do you think that that would have added to the movie or taken it away if they added scenes like that? Um, I think I would like to see it, but I don't know. Well, it's like you have this in your the idea in your mind that these guys are like super cool. But if they're like outcasts and stuff, like if you already had that idea and you didn't sympathize with them mm -hmm. already, like we it starts out. Do you want to start up? a movie sympathizing with the main characters or do you want to start out a movie with loving the main characters because they look like they're having a fun time? Yeah. You know, no, I mean the way it is, is, is great. I mean, it, it's such a great introduction. I mean, from the moment they all like meet up at Mikey's house. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just so funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. One line that they say when, when Mikey's trying to get everyone to, you know, go on this, you know, go searching for one-eyed Willie's treasure and everything. Uh, mm. I think, I think it's mouth or one of the other ones. It's like, oh, I don't want to go on one, another one of your Goonie adventures. And like, I'm just curious, like what their Goonie adventures would have been. Cause they surely were not this cool. <laughs> They're the Goonies, but I don't think, I don't, I think that Mike, Mikey is the like heart and soul of the Goonies. And he's kind of like the guy that tries to, get people to do things and they're like no let's just sit around and do nothing like i don't think they had a full adventure i think yeah. that's just what they called themselves yeah I don't... anyway yeah i was just curious what they're what the what, cool name yeah what kind of adventures they go on was it just them going down to the the store and buying comics <laughs> you know <laughs> Yeah, either that or just making Chunk do stupid things. Get, like getting bullied. Truffle <laughs> yeah. <laughs> truffle shuffle. Before, Bran only worked out. That's all he did. So. Yeah. If he had passed his driver's license test, maybe they could have done something fun this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, that was an obvious like plot convenience just placed right there. Uh-huh. Perfect plot convenience. Like he failed his driver's test, but like I'm not even mad about it. You know, mm-hmm. it just fits so well. Yeah, but the the scene where they all, you know, they all meet up at Mikey's house is just like is just great. I want friends <laughs> like that. It's so it's Parents it's so funny. Them? Mouth shows up. Data swings in and breaks the the screen door. Mm-hmm. Chunk shows up. Has to do the truffle own. shuffle. Yeah, everybody comes in on their own way, and it's really unique, and it's really cool. I one thing I noticed more so than than in the past was they. I feel like the, the scenes are pretty realistic as far as the dialogue goes, of like how they would actually talk and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're almost talking over each other at times. Yeah, and it can be hard to understand it, but at the same time, it, it feels kind of real. <laughs> so I don't know if that's like a complaint that you might have about it or not. I feel like, I mean, this is a movie you got to see as a kid, like in your youth. Yeah. I, I just don't know that it would have the same magic, you know, as an adult. What do you think? Probably. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm still very nostalgic for it, but that's because I saw it as a kid. There's, so there's some movies that we've watched mm-hmm. and we've reviewed, again, that I have completely different feelings on it because now I'm an adult. Mm-hmm. But this movie still made me feel like a child. Yeah. 
this one still does a good job of that, I think. So I think it I think it pulls you into being a child more than it pulls the movie out into being an adult, mm-hmm. you know. So I I don't think that's the case in this situation. So some of our some of our favorite quotes are are like this scene at their house when they first meet up before they go on the adventure. My mom's favorite piece. <laughs> um I know one that we say it's just like whenever after uh, Chunk does the truffle shuffle and he like runs up to the house and like mouth <laughs> mouth like he, he's like slams the door in his face or whatever. And Chunk's just like, you turd. Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan, I might, I can't stress this enough. I didn't realize that that, that quote from our life was a part of this movie. <laughs> That's what I've always been referencing. <laughs> <laughs> You turd. Yes, that's what it's from. But like, <laughs> oh, you turd. <laughs> that, that's how. Um, if me and Jonathan are in an argument or something, and one of us wins, and one of us wins, <laughs> uh, the conceder is the conceder a word? I don't know. The loser. The loser of the argument says, "You turd." Basically, <laughs> means we're gonna go with your way. It means like you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you're fine i'm not happy about it i'm not happy about it but you win <laughs> you turd mm. channeling our inner chunk <laughs> i like the scene of when their mom comes back with rosalie to like help them pack up and it's like it's like miss uh, mouth is like mrs walsh i peaks uh, mrs walsh i speak i can't say it mrs walsh i speak perfect spanish <laughs> <laughs> oh great you can be the translator it's like walking him through the house. It's like this drawer is for the cocaine. This drawer, this drawer is for the marijuana. Always remember to separate the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> See, okay. So when my first viewing of this movie, I was an innocent young six-year-old or seven-year-old, mm-hmm. and I didn't really know what that was. And I remember the older people in the room laughing their butts off. <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh, you guys are laughing. I'll laugh too because that's he's speaking Spanish. That's funny." funny. <laughs> Because I only understand English. For some reason, I thought the older people watching this movie just spoke Spanish fluently for some reason. But <laughs> there's just a bunch of, there's just a ton of dialogue and it's all like really funny. Mm-hmm. And they eventually decide to go up to the attic and look around. I don't remember what, what prompted it. I don't know if they were looking for some like one eyed Willie stuff or not, or if they were just they going were. up there, they were just going up there to look around or whatever. And like their dad, Rosalita was cleaning it out. Mm -hmm. They were moving and they were like, I've never been up here. Might as well go up there. Yeah. That's a weird thing. Or, um, I think it was mouth's idea. And they were like, guys, don't go up there. We've never been up there. I guess they weren't allowed. Cause their dad had all his like museum stuff in there. That apparently he was holding. Why would he? He's a curator of a museum. (laughs) First of all, why was he at city hall putting up a flag? If he's a curator of the museum, was it City Hall? No, it just looked like City Hall. Yeah, yeah it looked like it. That was just weird. Oh, <laughs> um, why would you? If you're a museum curator, the last place you want to put all the artifacts that you own is mm-hmm. in an attic. <laughs> You'd think a a museum would have a place to store relics. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> And it was raining too. What if they had a leaky roof? It would have damaged all yeah. that. But Chunk comes through and starts smashing stuff up. <laughs> He's like, Chunk, why don't you come here and hold this? Because he didn't want to break it himself. 
<laughs> drops it and smashes it and gets the map out. <laughs> I didn't put that together. They knew he was going <laughs> to drop it. So they are just like, hey, come hold this. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, and it, it has that kind of, Mikey has a monologue of telling telling everyone the story of One-Eyed Willie and all this and the treasure and all this. and Just a couple pots. <laughs> And so, but then they, they get the map and they, they decide that they're going to go searching for the treasure. And like we mentioned earlier, they, they hop on the bikes and go and they like tie up brand and his like exercise equipment. <laughs> hey, Brand, how far can you stretch that? Oh, pretty far. <laughs> I don't know. Probably about this far. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as hard as you think. <laughs> Those kids had the same mind. They're so in sync with each other. It's the best. I know. He just like gives them a look. And they like it's just this communication, yeah. nonverbal communication. Best friend goals. One thing I wanted to ask about with the with their like their house, I, I was kind of confused. Like, basically, they kept referencing like tomorrow we're not going to have a home. And I was like, are they going to be get, being kicked out of their house like the next day? Because it, yeah. it is not packed up at all. <laughs> they were packing up. I mean, I they were packing, up. but it's like. I think the next day they were, they had to do the signing and they were going to fork officially foreclose and then they have time to move out. But. I guess. Yeah. I guess that's the deadline is si- having to sign off the papers or whatever. But from a kid's perspective, like that's the last day you have. Yeah. It's not anything I ever thought about as a kid. It was just like, Oh no, they're going to lose their house. <laughs> Got to find the rich stuff. <laughs> the, uh, when they hop on the bikes and they go, they start riding down to the coast where they find the restaurant. Yeah. Here, here's something that I, I picked up by watching the deleted scenes. Cause I was wondering how did they know where to go? All they had was a map, but how'd they know where to start? You know, it's like, Oh, did they just look at it? And it's like, Oh, this looks like our coast. It's like, how'd they know exactly where to stand a hundred paces away from the restaurant? You know, <laughs> that sort of thing. Oh Yeah. There is a deleted scene where on the way they stop in at like a gas station convenience store or whatever. And they like are like buying snacks or whatever. And Troy is like there randomly and like shoves chunk in like the ice cream freezer or whatever. (laughs) Foreshadowing. (laughs) But um, they ended up cutting it. But during that scene, they go and get like an actual map and compare it to like the treasure map. And so and they like notice like the rocks you know, pictured in the ocean mm-hmm. and like line it up. Oh, that's where we need to go. And so that's how they know like where to find, get to that okay. general area, but they cut gotcha. that from the movie. So I thought that kind of answered kind of a, a question I had. I would like to see an extended edition, like a st- extended cut of this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, there wasn't a lot of deleted scenes, right? Uh, I think there was like three. Well, I'll go ahead and, and mention it. There's also a scene at, at the end of the movie when they get out of the cave or whatever. And like the news team is there and they're like asking him how they, you know, what happened to him and how they escaped and all this stuff. And <laughs> Data mentions like the octopus was really scary. Do you pick up on that? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And that's not anything in the movie. Um, I thought he was just exaggerating. Yeah, no, there's a whole scene that they cut from the movie of in the, by the pirate ship in the water, there was like, there was an octopus. Okay, makes sense. And it like starts to grab one of the kids or whatever, but like data like shoves a tape player in its mouth and it lets go and swims <laughs> away. It's like really okay. weird. But anyway, 
apparently that was something in the script and they they ended up cutting that scene but it's still in the you know the regular cut of the movie him mentioning the octopus and i'm sure fans have always wondered what where'd that octopus come from (laughs) it seems like this movie like they didn't they just like took their takes and they were done like they didn't do any reshoots or anything they're like we've got a deadline let's just finish this well still came out to be a good movie yeah with kid actors, I think they were only they were only allowed to film for like four hours. Yeah, with the actual kids, so it's like they're very limited time as far as with the kids, and then they'd probably go shoot other stuff if they could. Just to be clear, four hours a day, right? Not just four hours total. Yeah, four hours a day. <laughs> okay. Which normal movie sets are like eight to twelve. <laughs> yeah, hour yeah. days. So that's crazy. But yeah, they they get down and uh, to the by the coast. And they find the restaurant and Brand is like chasing him on the bike. <laughs> and Andy and, and Troy pull up and Steph in the car in the convertible next to him. It's like, where are you going and all this? And then they, it's like, here, let's give you a ride. <laughs> they like grab him <laughs> and speed up. I've always wanted to do that, but like with my own consent, not, not like being dragged. <laughs> that scene has always bothered me. Cause that's like, I feel like Brand should have been seriously injured. <laughs> He should have died. It pictures him like going off a cliff almost. Dude, I can resonate with that because I did that a month ago on an ATV. (laughs) And I went to the hospital. (laughs) How did he just walk up from that? Like, that's crazy. I mean, it didn't really land on him or anything. So, Mm -hmm. But still, like jumping off of a huge hill like that, there's bound to be rocks and trees. (laughs) He had to at least bruise a couple ribs. They show up outside the restaurant and they recognize the Jeep. Or no, they don't recognize the Jeep. Chunk does. He recognizes it later on. He sees bullet holes. And he finds the bullet holes later on. Yeah. That's like, oh, Mikey, that's a summer place. What are they doing open right now? <laughs> this is such a fall movie. Which is, yeah. I guess, is why we, I, I guess this is why you picked it. Because it's, it's not like necessarily Halloween, mm-hmm. but it's not after Halloween. It's like, yeah. The month before Halloween, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Some particular shots that I really love in this movie is when Chunk escapes and he's on the road and he's flagging down this Jeep and he doesn't realize that it's the Fratelli's Jeep. Oh, yeah. But it, it's him like explaining them, like the window rolls down and he's explaining the whole situation. He's like, You gotta help me. These two guys have a dead body. Blah, blah, blah. And I just need to call the cops. And as soon as he said, um, I, I know exactly what they look like. I can identify them perfectly. And as he said that, their light turned on. And you can see the, I don't know their names, but one of the Fratellis, his mm-hmm. face right in the mirror, right next to his face. And you could just see Chunk's reaction in mortified fear. <laughs> that was a cool shot. And the other shot that I liked was also with Chunk. I think Chunk involved feel, the best like cinematography. Any, any shots that like involve like a mirror, I feel like you're like, that's a cool shot. I'm a big fan of shots. I, I talked about that in National Treasure too. Yeah. Or I, I talked about that in National Treasure as well as this movie. <laughs> we haven't covered National Treasure 2 yeah. yet. But I'm sure there's going to be some mirror shots in that. Yeah. I, I guess I do like mirror shots. Or like kind of cool. Reflections and things like that. Yeah. yeah. I, there's a shot right when, like during that scene where chunk and sloth are together but they're both tied up and then sloth gets out of his chains and he's like freaking out 
and he just like roars at him or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it scares Chunk so bad he like falls back in his he like falls back in his chair. Mm-hmm. And he's in the shot in the bottom bottom left corner of the shot. But like as he's falling back, he falls out of frame, but his legs stay in frame because his legs go up because he's tall oh, yeah. in the chair. I think that was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it showed a lot of motion without even moving the camera. Yeah, there's a that the scene where they when they go inside the restaurant, one of the quotes that we say all the time is like Mikey, this isn't the kind of place you want to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Every time we go to some crazy... What context would we say that? When there's places that we wouldn't want to go to the bathroom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I feel like we say it in other circumstances we, too, though. We do. So, I mean, sometimes it's just kind of to to be random. but it, It's like part of our language to be like, I don't want to be here anymore or I don't really want to go to this place. I just went out of this situation. It's like, this isn't the kind of place I want to go to the bathroom. (laughs) Like we're disagreeing on where to eat or something. (laughs) If you don't utilize movie quotes for your own life, what's the point of movie quotes? Exactly. (laughs) And after they bring back the waters and it's like that brown water. (laughs) It's gross. Free sweet tea, huh? (laughs) And there's a scene of, of, uh, mouth and he's like pouring the glasses into each other one hey mikey gotta go to the bathroom man. <laughs> so, uh, mouth is such a troll <laughs> <laughs> i get the impression that he's like a little bit older than the other kids yeah but not quite but he's he not like brand's like age yeah but he, he's still not he's like kind of trying to get out of that kid's phase but not quite out of it yet makes a whole lot of sense when it comes to the time where he and uh, Steph get together. Yeah. They I always some, found that weird. They have but. some tension, this movie. Hey, Mouth. Oh, yeah. Oh, ooh, ooh. okay. So right before they go in the restaurant, or like right after they get out for the mm-hmm. first time, they leave. They enter and leave buildings a lot in this movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it does take a, a little bit of time for them to actually get like down into, into the, the caves and yeah. on the treasure hunt. Um, But the first time they leave because they get chased out that's when they run into the girls for the first time yeah and then Steph is like hey mouth you look better from behind and then mouth like without skipping a beat he's like you want to look at something scary look at that and he pulls out this mirror but like naturally me watching this in 2020 it looked like he pulled out an iPhone <laughs> just showing him a, showing her like a meme or something look at that but it was just a mirror because you know it was the 1980s and iPhones weren't invented I noticed I don't know if it was his character quirk or whatever. He like occasionally would like pull out a comb and like comb his like hair and whatnot. He's trying to be the Fonz, like a greaser or something. Yeah. It's not a greaser. He's a goonie. <laughs> um, another shot that just instills fear into you, like anticipation, um, is when they're all hiding under in like the basement and they the Fratellis come back inside and they're walking on the creaky floors and you can see like the lights shining through the cracks. Mm-hmm. But also, every step they take, a, like a little cloud of dust comes and falls down through the cracks, and it shines in the light. It's really it's so cool. This is a beautiful mm-hmm. movie. I didn't realize how like visually pleasing it is. Mm-hmm. And it, this pleases me. <laughs> kind of similar, and even before that, when they're in the house and they're in the attic, it has kind of some of that similar lighting yeah. on, and like like a, a thunderstorm happens, you know, and so it's like raining yeah. on the roof and. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool, I don't know, touch to 
to that scene. It is kind of random. They just like the girls just randomly show up. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, well, oh, Troy was making moves on me. So I, so I, I guess she just asked him to like <laughs> drop her off. <laughs> pull over. I guess they got mad at him whenever he flew off the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> I guess because they had, I was already getting a Scooby-Doo vibe from this gang. <laughs> And they had to add the girls in so that they could have Stephanie lose her glasses and be a Velma. <laughs> I can't find my glasses. She breaks her glasses, yet she's not the one that ends up kissing Mikey on accident. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever will I do without my glasses? That's all she could talk about, even after she got saved. Mm-hmm. Talking to her dad. <laughs> I lost my glasses. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> But you know that's like a real reaction, though. Like, yeah, it is. you know, it's like a kid. As soon as you, they reunite with their their parents, like oh, I'm going to be in so much trouble for losing my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about some continuity errors. Not continuity errors, but just like poor shots, poor acting. Okay. Uh, the cadaver in the freezer, the dead guy in the freezer, <laughs> when Chunk gets stuck, and he's just there's like a solid minute and a half of him just struggling to keep him up yeah, <laughs> standing and he's just like falling all over him. I definitely saw that dead guy blink. <laughs> it, okay. Not, it's not just chunk that has like slapstick in this movie. This whole, this whole movie is like so, um, well with chunk in the freezer, that's like one of like 200 shots. That's just like subtly slapstick. Mm-hmm. Like this movie, like masters, like this movie, like masters the art of slapstick without overdoing it. Like the way Chunk runs through the door when he's mad, or the way he like thirsts for water, but shoot, it like shoots right in his eyes, and yeah, <laughs> it just doesn't overstay its welcome at all. It's it's like perfectly yeah. placed, perfectly balanced. Even slapstick. some of the stuff with Data, yeah, you know, and his gadgets and that that sort of thing. <laughs> A Pinterest apparel. <laughs> <laughs> Slick shoes. <laughs> Data is my favorite superhero. Hero. I love. I love the uh, the punching the the punching glove. The punch. It just looked perfect. <laughs> Data is my favorite superhero of the eighties. He's so great. <laughs> they should have a spinoff movie of just Data. I didn't notice this until this time I watched it, but like. How they get in between each like section of the adventure, like in the caves or whatever, mm-hmm. um, is kind of interesting because like they had to play the organ booby trap. Yeah, get, it's it's kind of like Sorcerer's Stone. Like I think, I think Chris Columbus took this. Well, no, he didn't because J.K. Rowling wrote the book. But like, like I think he kind of visually took Sorcerer's Stone, like those levels at the end, going through like the Devil's Snare. And like the chess and stuff, mm-hmm. um, and like the flying keys, and I think he he took the inspiration of that from the Goonies. Yep. I'm gonna say that, okay. Um, but like, I mean, Chester Copperpot didn't get that far. He did not. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't realize like the pipes burst. That whole scene where the pipes burst. Yeah, I just thought that was a random scene just for some slapstick, just to have the bathroom guys and like the the fountain to drop. You know, <laughs> I just didn't realize that that actually opened up another section of the cave mm. at all. Um, 
So a lot of things clicked in that part. <laughs> the the pipes were ridiculous though. <laughs> this is yeah, like they no, pull they it were. down violently. Uh, like, like the scene where the the guy is trying to like drink from the water fountain, <laughs> and it just like it keeps like lowering and it raising, and then it just like smacks yeah. him in the face. That is that's the, probably the yeah. worst of the slapstick right there. But. Yeah. <laughs> There's like but no yeah. good context to that, but it does. It does have its mo. The movie has its moments of of like comedy and adventure, and even like you know being kind of scary. Dramatic at times. speeches, you know, <laughs> with a bunch of coins, you know, uh, drama with Chunk, you know, confessing his life story of going to the <laughs> movies, and I'll tell you everything. <laughs> <laughs> and then I made this one noise. <laughs> 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 I I could tell one of the one of the Fratellis was like about to break the yeah. character in that and start laughing. There's like yeah, these is dramatic, inspiring speeches by uh by Mikey, Mikey. Mm-hmm. the hour time speech that's iconic. Um, and weirdly, I don't understand like how emotional Mouth got in that wishing fountain. Like yeah. when they found the coins, he was like, "Oh yeah." Well, this is my dream, my wish, and I'm taking it back. It didn't come true. I'm taking them all back. Yeah. Like, what the heck was that? <laughs> yeah. I guess it was just calling back to, like, my wish was to stay in this town and not have all of our houses be foreclosed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess it shows some, like, character, you know, trauma in the past or something. <laughs> I didn't think there was any like character development. I just thought he was just trying to make it an excuse to steal all the coins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's kind of emotional about it though. Yeah. They all think it's the treasure or whatever. <laughs> it's just like, Oh, it's just a bunch of pennies and quarters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious to see who this actress is that played Mama Fratelli. Anne Ramsey. Her voice it reminds me of Roz from Monsters, Inc. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but there's no way she could have done that because she wasn't alive in 2001. But I'm watching you, Wazowski. Always watching. It, that, the only thing that reminded me of that was when uh, Sloth wins, it gets the kids out, and he's like, Ma, you've been bad. <laughs> and then she's like, Ah! <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's it's Roz." Oh man, and I remember at that, you know, when Sloth meets up with them at the end. I remember that being such a reveal that like she dropped him. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that being like some big moment. It's like, oh, that's what happened to him. Fall. <laughs> <laughs> that's why his face is messed up. So what we were talking about, like the different stages they had to go through. What were they? I don't remember when they first get down there. Well, they go through. I know there's like the the giant rocks in the hallway that are like yeah. dropping and they have to get past those. Um, They're not very memorable. I think yeah. the focus is forward, not even like what just happened. Yeah. There's a part where they use the, that pipe, the, the balloon or whatever. However you say that. Yeah, yeah. They like yeah. put that up into the wall and turn it, and that opens up a new passage wow. or something. National Treasure just stole it from that. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
the piano. There's the piano scene. The organ. That's probably the was most the organ memorable. Last? Yeah, I because people were falling. I remember the the booby trap that Data fell. Yeah, and almost got impaled on those spikes, which that's a pretty good invention. If he invented a grappling hook out of chattering teeth and it <laughs> held, it, it grabbed onto something and it still held like at least a sixty-five to hundred pound kid. Yeah, it's impressive with full force of gravity. <laughs> like wow. And uh, they have a name. They're the Pinchers of Peril. The Pinchers of Peril. Pinchers of Peril. The Sultan of Swat. <laughs> the Colossus of Clout. Uh, yeah, after the, the, the piano made of the bones, they like slide yeah. down the slide and that's where they end up. This is nothing like my mother's Steinway. <laughs> <laughs> cool comment. <laughs> we figured that one out. And then they, they, they slide down into the water. And one, oh, one thing I, I did read about was apparently they kept the pirate ship. Like they actually built that. Yeah. And they kept that like a secret from the, the cast. And so they wanted them to like have a real reaction when they turned around. Wow. To see that. That's awesome. So that was like their real reaction to seeing that. They didn't know what they were going to see. They didn't know if it was just going to be like a matte painting. Oh. And so for it to be like an actual ship at the end. Dude, that's a that is so cool. That was kind of cool. <laughs> That's the best detail I've heard of this movie. Hmm. That's like, I like it when directors try to get a raw reaction. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. They got, they, they hop up onto the, the pirate ship though. And, and Mikey like has that moment alone with one eyed Willie. <laughs> yeah. That was a little weird. He's <laughs> just like, it's kind of like monologue. He's talking to him and then hey, Willie. <laughs> He realizes everyone is there watching him, and he's like, "How long you guys been there?" <laughs> he's like, "Long enough, Mikey. Long enough. Long enough <laughs> to think you're really weird talking to a skeleton." Yeah. Thanos over here, dude. Thanos. This is this is Thanos's best movie. This was his first movie, apparently. Josh yeah. Brolin. I mean, I guess that's not too surprising. He did but... a good job. He did a pretty good job. Yeah. I guess this is Sean Astin's first movie too. Uh, I'm not sure, but yeah. Oh, that's the other deleted scene. The Hey You Guys. Um, There is a scene before that where, backing up a little bit, after Sloth and Chunk become friends, they start, you know, following behind the rest of the Goonies and the Fratellis through the caves. Yeah. But it doesn't really show them that much. But there is a scene where you see them and they kind of like hear them screaming or something at you know, one of the other traps or whatever they're trying to mm-hmm. get through. And, and Chunk is like yelling after them. He's like, Hey, you guys, hey, you guys. Hey, that's you something guys. he would say, you know, he's just yelling at him. And like sloth starts to pick up on it. He's like, Hey, Hey, you guys, Hey, Hey, you got, Hey, you guys. And he's like calling mm-hmm. after it. So it's like, whenever he comes in at the end and he finds him, he's like, Hey, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. That was another like scene that I, I would like, love to have the context. If it's only three deleted scenes, just put it in the movie. Come on. Yeah, there could be a extended cut. I don't know, but um, I actually thought that all three deleted scenes actually added something to the story. While I could see why yeah. they were cut, they actually also provided some context to it, which doesn't always happen. Sometimes you just have like the most random deleted scenes and you're like, why was that a thing? <laughs> They could have um, 
They could have cut the wishing well scene. Wishing well. Just put Mikey's speech somewhere else. I like the wishing well scene. It's all right. Really <laughs> all weird right. with the really weird with the Andean thing. <laughs> the, they didn't necessarily have to have like Troy up top. I know. That part. They didn't if they wanted to have somebody else in the movie that wasn't them, they had to have Troy in it. <laughs> Troy is literally everywhere. Troy is omnipresent in this in this town. Yeah. <laughs> Wrapping up, kind of getting to the end here. They get on the, the 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 pirate ship, and I don't know how they. Did they explain how the pirate ship like got stuck there? Well, you saw the dynamite. Mm-hmm. Oh, how it got stuck there? Yeah, how did it get stuck there? How did it get in there? Oh, they ta- they're telling that in the story. How it was a cave in? Okay, he he went in there to hide from the British soldier ships, and then they were trapped inside and couldn't get out. Right. Yeah, and they had to. Uh, then they used the dynamite to blow up the rocks later, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's when the rocks started shaking, and that's how it got out. Yeah, which was kind of a weird thing. Like it just randomly starts sailing out on its own. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's one-eyed Willie. I like that's what I didn't know if it was supposed to hint there was like a a spirit, you know, of, of weird one-eyed Willie sailing out. <laughs> No, it was actually Chester Copperpot. He was yeah. uh he actually didn't die. It was a hoax. <laughs> he just didn't um, know where to go. Oh, well actually after they try and get out, the Fratellis go back into the boat and are trying to like s- collect all the the treasure. Yeah. They take from the the pile of jewels that like Mikey was like, "No, save that. That's one-eyed Willie's." That's Willie's. <laughs> Now I can't remember. It's been a few days since I watched it, but I kind of felt like there was like, like an ominous tone played when they started taking from that, you know? Yeah. Like, was there, was there hinting that there was like, it was cursed or anything like that? I'm sure every pirate's treasure is cursed, but Mikey did save, save just a little bit in his marble sack (laughs) that they didn't check. But I don't understand. (laughs) Was apparently enough to buy all of their houses. Yeah, and those jewels looked like straight up plastic. Yeah. (laughs) And what's unrealistic about that scene is that his dad, as soon as he saw the first glimpse of the the jewels, all he did was rip it up and throw it in the air. Like, there will be no signing today or ever again. I'm like, yeah, that was was a little dramatic. You're you're probably going to have to sign some other papers at some point. (laughs) This is the 80s. Things haven't really gone electronic yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I like well, the scene where, where Mouth is like trying to hide some of the jewels in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. And the Fratelli's mom is like squeezing it out. <laughs> it's like, oh, what do we got here? <laughs> she starts pearl- pulling out the pearls and she's just like, whoa. <laughs> mouth has a big mouth. Oh, I love the I love like one of the last endings. Uh, uh, the last line was the newscaster saying, "Ladies and gentlemen, we're here at a Corwin Point, and what appears to be a pirate ship." One <laughs> <laughs> of the southern dudes in Oregon. Yeah, the way he said "pirate ship." <laughs> My question going forward is like, did they chase after it and get the rest of the treasure? <laughs> I'm sure they did. And yeah. if they did, did the Goonies get the treasure? You know. Yes. I had to. For locating it. 
or was the government well, like, uh, this was located on a uh, government state park. This belongs to us. Actually, his dad is a curate museum curator. Yeah. So he probably got all, he, he probably laid claim to it. <laughs> I, think there's, I think there's, I think there's laws on like archeology. span 1%. You kept a measly 1%. Uh, <laughs> 10% Ben could have had 10%. I love how like chunk just goes up to sloth. It's like, you're going to live with me now. You live with my family. I love you. His parents are like, what? <laughs> you did not run that by us at all. <laughs> also, Chunk's mom brought him a pizza <laughs> instinctively. <Yeah. laughs> Been missing. Gonna bring this large pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Overall, solid movie. I would yeah. say this is one of the top 10 staples. Yeah, it's. I don't know how it's going to rank at the end of the year, but yeah, we'll see. I I was thinking of its like legacy as like an '80s movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if it's the best '80s movie, but it's it's in the it's in the running, you know. In the question, it's up there with Ferris Bueller. Yeah, Um, you know, you've got like Back to the Future. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but it, okay. Back to the Future is more important than the Goonies, unfortunately. Yeah, but, but this one is is pretty high up there for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a few people that I've run into that don't like it all that much, but they're always in the minority. <laughs> yeah, we don't like them. I don't know. Maybe they didn't see it as a kid, and so probably you know maybe they saw it and didn't get the hype. I don't know, but still, I feel like it's a it's a solid solid. 80s. I think it's I think it's better than. Um, I think it's better than Ferris Bueller, at least, and mm-hmm. Gremlins. Yeah, yeah. And Temple of Doom. I mean, I feel like... Temple of Doom think... isn't a good movie. It's not. Well, we'll get to that one. It's just not. I like Temple of Doom. I like I them all. To. I'm an India, Indiana Jones fan. You but, stand uh, indie. I feel like, and especially with like Stranger Things, I feel like this movie is definitely a huge influence on like Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. As far as like the kids' dynamic, you know? So... And not to say that this is the only movie that did it, but it's probably the most, you know, well-known. But Kids Adventure films. films. Anyway, thanks, Steven Spielberg. Thank you, Steven Spielberg. And thank you, listener, for listening to us babble about a movie for an hour every week. Yeah. It means a lot to us, even though there's like four of you. <laughs> uh, our show art was done by Bryce Bridgman. And you can find him on Instagram if you need any cover art or graphic design work or anything. Anything art-related, he's your man. You can find him on Instagram at GroovyBridge. And he may or may not be on our episode in the future. A special Halloween episode, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Halloween-centered, not not specifically on Halloween. But for the next couple weeks, we're going to be focusing specifically on Halloween movies. Yeah. And I feel like Goonies is a good transition into that. Mm-hmm. And you can also find us on Instagram at InsideQuotesCast. So go ahead and give us a follow too. If you like this episode or any other episodes, go ahead and uh, give us a go ahead and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot to us. Um, but other than that, yeah. So that just leaves us with uh, one thing, Jeremy. What's that? We need a hint for for next week. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what we do every week. This is one of my favorite Halloween movies. And it's pretty funny. And it's also kind of weird and conceptual. I will say it does have John Heater in it. 
playing an animated character. Mm. So the Napoleon Dynamite. Chicken Joe. But we'll cover that next week. Well, Jeremy, this has been a really exciting episode, don't you think? Oh, yeah? More exciting than the time Michael Jackson went to your house just to use the bathroom? Okay. Michael Jackson didn't come over to my house to use the bathroom. But his sister did. (laughs) You turd.